Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Glad you're with us for the Monday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. I am back. Thanks to Chad Benson for filling in for me last week. Jim, always good to be with you. And may I say happy birthday to you. Well, thank you, Greg. Yes, it is. I debated whether I wanted everybody to know this, but uh, it's out there. It's true. I'm just going to say that I'm in my mid-40s and leave it there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is it is really terrific. Already today, I've gotten out of going taking out the garbage. That's that's about as good as birthdays get at this point. So. Excellent. Well, you have two sons, so you should be out of that duty pretty soon forever, really. Yes. Yes, I should be. Are, are they listening? Is anybody hearing that? Anyway, yes. <laughs> As some of our loyal listeners might uh, might notice, uh, my voice sounds a little bit different today. Caught a small summer cold on vacation, but vacation was excellent and uh, uh, just a wonderful time off. But again, thank you to you, Jim, and also to Chad for uh, filling in so ably and making sure everything went well last week, as well as our production crew. But uh, let's get to our three martinis. Uh, even though most people are taking this as a holiday, we've basically got two bad martinis and one, I would say, inspirational martini today. So... Let's get to uh, bad martini number one, and for that we go to the National Education Association, which of course, along with the American Federation of Teachers, is uh, no stranger to the bad martini, but the goalposts keep moving, Jim. The National Education Association, America's largest teachers union, is holding a vote on requiring mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations, masks, and testing for students before classes return in the fall. The new business meeting action item submitted by 50 delegates is currently, quote unquote, awaiting debate on the NEA's website. And of course, Jim, if we go back to earlier in the year, uh, we know that the CDC was saying, yeah, it's fine. Go back, kids. Uh, no worries about that. And then, of course, the Biden administration got to them and they, uh, they, they changed course on that. But now we're at the point where not just teachers need to be vaccinated, but all the kids, minus uh, possible medical situations, need to be vaccinated before we're back to quote-unquote normal. Greg, this we were at a very awkward stage in our emergence from the pandemic. I hope everyone had this fantastic Independence Day. Life was really felt back to normal in a lot of ways yesterday. But we're not quite out of it. Just from that little bit of scratchiness in your voice, I'm going to assume that in the last 24 hours, no less than a dozen people have heard you and said, oh my God, is that the Delta variant? <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, life is getting better, but we're not quite out of this yet. I do think forever that for all future decisions regarding our children's education, the National Education Association should shut the hell up for the rest of eternity. <laughs> They've done absolutely nothing useful during this entire process other than to drag their feet in every single conceivable way for reopening schools. And this latest proposal makes absolutely no sense because, look, if you want to say, oh, we can't reopen the schools until every child is vaccinated. Have they noticed you can't get vaccinated if you're under age 12? So what exactly would their plan entail? The idea that as soon as your 12th birthday, well, then you better go in and you better get vaccinated. Otherwise, we're shutting down schools and everybody has to go back to online learning. My attitude, and it's interesting, this has come up several times in the last couple of days in various comments on Twitter. The good news is most of the vaccines are effective against the variants. So they may not be effective against infection. You may still catch the virus, but you're not going to get terribly sick. You're not going to end up being hospitalized, or at least the odds are very unlikely, and you're not likely to die. And something like 99% of the people who have succumbed to the virus in the last two months or so did not were not vaccinated. So if you've been thinking about, should I get vaccinated? That strikes me as particularly uh, strong evidence right there. 
But if people are choosing not to, that's fine. Nonetheless, you still probably heard while you're on vacation there, Greg, Los Angeles County said they want everyone to uh, keep wearing masks, even if they're vaccinated, which whether they realize it or not is basically telling people they don't think the vaccinations work, which is not the case. They're all very effective there. But notice how quickly we have been told we have to alter our behavior on behalf of those who choose not to get vaccinated. Now, returning full circle back to the schools here, um, we basically, at this point, the risk to kids is very, is very low. If you're hesitant about getting your children vaccinated, I, I understand. It's one thing to put something into your body. It's another thing to put into something into your children's body. Lots of kids have gotten vaccinated so far. Is there some uh, concerns about that heart inflammation in rare cases? Yeah. I mean, my, my simple advice on this would be talk to your pediatrician. My guess is your pediatrician is going to say, if you have a child between 12 and 18, they'll say, you know what? Go get vaccinated. The benefits are worth the risk. The odds that your child are going to have a strong reaction aren't very high. Um, it's still safer than you know walking around exposed to the virus. But this NEA proposal, I mean, it's just there, there's absolutely no point because at that point you, they think maybe the under twelve kids will be getting it. Uh, they'll be opening it up sometime around Thanksgiving. So after getting massive amounts of, of people vaccinated, we didn't quite hit the seventy percent that the Biden administration had wanted by July fourth. We're at sixty-seven percent and change. At this point, after July 4th, it's pretty clear that if you've wanted to get vaccinated, you've had the opportunity all across the country in big vaccination centers, at your local pharmacies, every single conceivable opportunity. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, either you just haven't gotten around to it, which you probably should, or you're not interested. Fine. It's a free country. That's your choice. This idea that we're not going back to five days a week, full regular school all time, just because, look, what are the teachers worried about? Anybody who's not vaccinated at this point is chosen not to be vaccinated. And this, we are the rest of us who have made our choices to get vaccinated should not be asked to alter our lives more, i.e. stay home with our kids when there's everyone who wants to be protected from this virus is protected from this virus. Anyway, NEA is driving me crazy. I think this will blow up in their faces. I cannot imagine they're actually going to dig their heels into this, but uh, I guess it remains to be seen, Greg. Yeah, definitely. And I'm seeing that they're pushing now critical race theory uh, across the country. And so... Um, Actually, okay, in that case, Greg, maybe we should keep the kids out of school. <laughs> Apparently they got jealous that the AFT was making all the stupid uh, uh, policy recommendations to the CDC and beyond. But look, uh, hopefully your kids won't end up on Zoom classes again this year. But whether they do or not, you definitely want to have as much protection for your internet use as possible. And that's where ExpressVPN comes in. Because did you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode? It says that your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, or your internet service provider. How can they even call it incognito then? So to really stop people from knowing everywhere you've been, and it doesn't mean you've been anywhere bad, it just means you don't want everybody knowing everything about you. What you need to do is use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop or a hotel or even at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the administrator of that network, and that's still true even if you're in incognito mode. What's more, your home internet provider, and I'm talking Comcast, AT&T, whatever, they can also see and record all of your browsing data. And in the United States, they are legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers. If you ever wondered like, oh, I was just Googling for this, or I was just looking for this, uh, this particular item, and now I'm seeing ads for it on every single site, that's because they're tracking your ISP. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all of your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays just that, private. ExpressVPN works on all your devices and is super easy to use. The app literally has one button, you tap it to connect, 
and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash martini. Just use the link at expressvpn.com slash martini to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash martini to learn more. All right, let's move to our other bad martini here, Jim. Apparently Tom Wolf didn't get the memo that Democrats have always been for voter ID. They have no idea what Republicans and other supporters of voter ID have been talking about for years and years. Until they saw the polls lately, I guess. Uh, Free Beacon. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf vetoed an election reform bill Wednesday, citing its inclusion of voter identification requirements. The bill would have mandated voter identification in all elections, a measure supported by 80% of Americans in numerous polls. The bill would have also required signature matching for mail-in ballots, in addition to moving up the deadline for voter registration and mail-in voting applications. Wolf said the bill was a form of voter suppression. Quote, this bill is ultimately not about improving access to voting or election security, but about restricting the freedom to vote. Wolf wrote in a memo announcing his veto. A June poll from Franklin and Marshall found 59% of Pennsylvania registered voters believe state election laws need to be revised. Support for signature matching for mail-in ballots stood at 81% and support for voter identification requirements polled at 74%. So, Jim, Tom Wolf not getting the memos over there. No, he's not. This is bad on multiple levels. The first is every time I hear Tom Wolf did something, I think, oh, my God, I thought he died. And I realize it's a different Tom Wolf. I was thinking of the author, Tom Wolf, who uh, sadly passed away. Um, the other uh, thing that is kind of annoying about this is it wasn't that long ago that Manchin had put forth his you know, compromise proposal. It doesn't look like it's going to get anywhere. But one of the things he said is he accepted the need for voter ID, although he was going to extend it to the point where like you could bring in a utility bill or something like that to prove that you lived at a particular address. And there are a bunch of Republicans who prefer photo IDs, but nonetheless, that's a step in the right direction there. And when people pointed out, wait, oh, I see Democrats aren't opposed to voter ID anymore. The, you know, Stacey Abrams and a whole bunch of other Democrats. No, no, we've always been a supportive of voter ID. And you had this, you know, the term gaslighting gets thrown around a little too often, but you really do have this weird, we've always been at war with East Asia, uh, Orwellian vibe from this, this idea that all of a sudden they're changing on a dime and pretending that their position had not been uh, for years and years that uh, any form of voter ID requirement was ipso facto racism and Jim Crow 2.0 and suppressing the vote and all that kind of stuff. Even though it's extremely like, not just normal, it's extremely required to know if the person who's voting actually lives in that jurisdiction. You know, you and I should not necessarily be able to go over to Maryland and decide to vote against a particular congressman or something like that. And then the third thing is that out of all the complaints about uh, 2020 election and it being fixed and the wrong presidential winner and all that stuff. Most of that is nonsense. But the one area where you'd say, okay, there's a legitimate gripe here where the, you know, look, pandemic hits, a whole bunch of voting states are like, oh, we have, we have to adapt to this. We don't want people standing online and voting places the way they usually do. It's understandable that a lot of places, they change the rules, they kind of changed them on the fly. And it's entirely reasonable to say, okay, the pandemic's effect on American life is, is changing. Do we want to keep these changes that we made for this election in place, or do we want to alter them? We, we you know, the, what we've done has not been consistent with our past laws. So it's fair to say, how much do we want to use uh, mail-in ballots? How much do we want to have ballot drop-off boxes and things like that? And what really was egregious about Pennsylvania, almost everybody has, okay, fine. You know, you want to do an absentee ballot. You want to mail it in. Fine. That's that's perfectly normal. The question is, when do you have to mail it by? And almost every jurisdiction, you have to mail it, certainly by election day. 
And that's why, you know, uh, we, we had the you know, recent chaos in New York City. You, you, absentee ballots can still come in several days after election night. And that's uh, some people have a bit of a problem with that. But the thinking is that as long as it got into the mailbox on election day, that's a valid ballot and there's no reason to not count it. Where Pennsylvania went different is that they said is if the postmark was smudged or somehow other illegible and they could not verify it, uh, was put in the mailbox on election day or before, they were still going to count it. I think a lot of us look at that and say, whoa, 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 okay. It's, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a creating a backdoor way for other people to put ballots in after election day. That's not how it's supposed to work. That is, a, you know, we want everybody casting their ballots on the same day. You don't want them knowing exactly how many votes they're going to need and then being able to somehow stuff the ballot box the day afterwards. Now, the number of uh, ballots that were in that category of having uh, a smudged or illegible or otherwise unclear postmark is smaller than the margin Biden had over Trump. So in other words, you can't say, oh, that's how Biden's uh, victory came and those votes shouldn't be counted or something like that. I think we can argue, no, no, we should have one clear deadline for all ballots. I think it should be election day. When the polls close, the polls close and nobody, if you put your ballot in the mailbox the day after election day, sorry, pal, that's, that shouldn't be counted. Out of all the states and all the rules they made, Pennsylvania was the one that created, I think, the clear, the, uh, the the change in the law that was the most had the most plausible, reasonable, and compelling objections to the counting of those ballots, even if it was a very small portion of the total ballots carried, uh, counted in the state. Here's Tom Wolf. He has not gotten the memo. He's now saying that voter ID is uh, is racism and xenophobia and and. Jim Crow 2.0 and all that kind of stuff. I just really wish that some sort of, you know, ballot security specialist like, um, I don't know, Stacey Abrams or somebody could talk to Tom Wolf. Wouldn't that be nice, Greg? Well, let's be a little bit careful what we wish for, Jim, here. Uh, she's pretty much uh, dead wrong on everything, but she has seen the light in a politically convenient way on that issue. Here's my question, though, Jim. Um, obviously, when it comes to Jedis, you know you can say the opposite of what you want the people to believe, and, and they'll believe it. So, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. But in the last couple of weeks, we have Democrats saying we've always been for voter ID, and Republicans are actually the ones who want to defund the police. So yes, uh, who's, <laughs> who's supposed to believe this stuff? I, I uh, the, Well, I think it was Obi-Wan who said, the force has great powers over the weak-minded. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, stormtroopers, uh, people who really don't think very hard, because like, what it was is Republicans did not vote for uh, the COVID relief bill. And, you know, some tiny fraction of that went towards police departments. Because of that, you're trying to defund the police. No, no, that's not the way it works. So there you go. All right. As I mentioned earlier, Jim, I had a fantastic vacation. And uh, but one of the things I missed, my pillow. It has the perfect support I like for my head, for my neck, for my shoulders. And but my pillow is more than just fantastic pillows, too, because now my pillow has given the same attention that they've given their pillows to the Giza Dream Sheets. I've got these on my bed right now. Uh, perfect, soft, comfortable. Love them. And uh, I'm hoping they'll help me feel better soon. And for a limited time, you can get two sets of the Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping. Now, these Giza Dream Sheets, you will be sliding into the most comfortable sheets you will ever own, guaranteed. They're made from the world's best cotton which is grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. Its long staple cotton makes it ultra soft and breathable. It's available in a variety of colors and sizes, machine washable, and it comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and one-year limited warranty. So visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout, or you can call 1-800-874-0104 for two sets of Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping. 
Once again, that's two sets of Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping with the promo code Martini at MyPillow.com. Or just call 1-800-874-0104. Sleep better with MyPillow.com or call 1-800-874-0104. All right, Jim. Very good. Thank you for uh, sparing my voice on some of those uh, spots today. Always appreciate it. Today is July 5th, but in most of the world, in addition to celebrating your birthday, or at least here in the United States, most people taking this as a, as a holiday, even though the 4th of July was technically yesterday. Happy 245th America. And, you know, we live in such a polarized society, Jim, now that Joe Biden makes a statement. People who don't like Joe Biden really don't want to hear it. President Trump releases a statement. The people who don't like President Trump really don't want to read it or see it or hear it. So we need some sort of unifying figure. And it really wasn't that long ago that we had a president who did that. It was during the great alien invasion of 1996, which actually happened right at the 4th of July, which is amazing. Uh, President Thomas Whitmore, who was already a combat veteran, uh, literally took to the skies to fight the alien invasion and then uh, was uh, perhaps responsible for giving one of the most stirring motivational speeches in the history of American warfare or American politics. I think at that point, we were all on the same page. There really were no Republicans and Democrats then. And he's back now uh, talking about what we as Americans have been facing and are facing now. Uh, It was a long message, but uh, here's kind of the most climactic part of it at the end. We're fighting for freedom for all, not from alien invaders, from separation, from being cooped up while baking bread and ignoring basic hygiene. The time has come for us to get fresh, gather the crew, and eat veggie and meat burgers till we sweat. And then let's work together towards a future where everyone can come to the party. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday But it's the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will fill the sky with so much light and freedom. This thing will rue the day it ever messed with us. Together, we celebrate our Independence Day. So, uh, Jim, in an era when nobody seems to agree on anything with their friends and neighbors sometimes... Thomas Whitmore seems to just cut through the clutter and uh, really helps to unify people. Greg, I just want to make one minor correction. Yes, when the aliens came back on July 4th, or actually, actually two days before, it was right before Independence Day, 1996. Right. There were no Republicans. There were no Democrats. There was only victims uh, that were being you know, incinerated in the cities. But that having said, I, I, people forget this, but... Um, President Thomas Whitmore was a Republican. I, I, you know, people have disputed this, but like, let's point out, many of us remember that shortly before Washington was zapped by the aliens, on the McLaughlin Group, Fred Barnes was defending Whitmore as a very brave figure, and Eleanor Clift was complaining about him. If that isn't the most absolute metaphysical proof that Thomas Whitmore is a Republican, I don't know what is. Um, but yes, you know, the, look, you know, I, I, I had said before, uh, before, before they, this Budweiser ad came out a few days before. And you're watching it like, oh, okay, they brought uh, Bill Pullman out of retirement and they're doing it. And it starts as this kind of funny parody, but then you begin to realize, no, Bill Pullman really means this. And it really does talk about we've been through this giant ordeal and we have largely overcome it. We have lost lives because of this. We have had an enormous disruption to our daily life for everything from our kids' schools to our workplaces, to our economy. We, we have been through 
thankfully not quite as bad as watching the White House and Empire State Building and uh, whatever tower that is out in LA getting zapped by, but it was, you know, the pandemic was pretty darn bad, but we have largely put it behind us. And, you know, each day more people get vaccinated, each day uh, treatments get better, each day we are putting this more and more in the rear view mirror. Now we have our mission to make sure we get enough vaccinations out to the rest of the world so that this stops devastating the rest of the world and we don't have to worry about creating you know, some variant coming along that our vaccines are not so effective against. And, you know, it was just kind of nice to hear that. It was just kind of nice. And this observing that, you know, yeah, we have a whole bunch of people in this country who disagree with us. But, you know, you're judging by the uh, reviews on, on iTunes and everything like that. We love the five-star reviews. We don't always get those five-star reviews. Greg always says that at the end of the show. I got to tell you, if, if it's less than a five-star review, maybe I'll live with a four-star. Three or below, yeah, keep your opinion to yourself. But anyway, <laughs> there are some people who are left of center who listen to the show and enjoy it because we try to take this, uh, you know, cheery, funny, you know, um, we know a lot of days the, the news is not going to be cheery and they're not going to make you feel good and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll try to make you laugh while it's doing and we'll laugh because otherwise we would cry. We love our audience. If you're listening to us, thank you. If you're a liberal Democrat and you disagree with everything we say, but you can't stop listening, great, thank you. If you're uh, further to the right than us, if that's possible, uh, and you you don't like what we say and you still listen, thank you. Thank you for listening anyway. I'd like to think that what we try to do in this podcast is a little bit of what makes this country great, which is that we all get together, we all have certain things we share, and we all can try to have a good time, particularly around Independence Day. And also on, you know, what I think is the, you know, today we're observing really the most important uh, event uh, that just altered the course of human history. And by that, I mean, Greg, my birthday. <laughs> so yes, lots of celebrations at the Garrity House, I guess every year, not just this year. So I, mean, look, I have always argued that July 5th should be a federal holiday and that everyone should get the day off. And finally this year they did it. But my understanding, Greg, is they're not necessarily going to do it next year. I'm, I'm so disappointed. Well, you got to lobby for that. Maybe you can get it in the next COVID relief bill or whatever Biden's pushing here. But uh, if next Monday you don't take out the trash, we will have accomplished something fantastic. So good luck with that. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, so belated happy Independence Day to everyone out there and hope everyone is enjoying their summers. Outstanding. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We're always grateful for those five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Tell your friends about us as well. You can find us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Monday, and we'll be back at you on Tuesday with the next three martini lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.